0: All right, hey guys, uh, my name is Louis Vergi, and welcome to my podcast. Uh, this is Optimize It, a podcast that I cr- wanted to create because I wanted to share some of the insightful things that I've been reading, listening to, or even just thinking. Some of these ideas are original and some are inspired or relayed through others. Regardless, my goal with this podcast is to provide some insight that you can apply to your own life, or as you could say, optimize it. Um, With that, let's get into it. Uh, What I got for you guys today is um, just another reading. It's from Arthur Brooks' new book, Build the Life You Want and it's from the chapter of what is happiness. Um, So I kind of just go through this. Maybe we'll stop along the way. Maybe I'll add some at the end. We'll see what happens. But um, Grace and I are reading through this book right now and it is just super solid. And this is just one of the killer chapters too. So let's start there. Imagine you ask somebody to define a car. She thinks about your question and then answers. A car is well, it's a feeling you get when I'm in a chair, but like a chair, that I sit in when I want to get groceries. You would assume that she really doesn't know what a car is. And certainly, you would not let her keep your, or borrow your keys. Then you ask her about a boat. She thinks for a minute, and then she says, it's not a car. That's an absurd scenario, and yet wildly, these are the kinds of definitions we usually get when we ask someone to define happiness and unhappiness. Try it yourself you'll get something like happiness is, well, I guess it's a feeling like when I'm with people I love or I'm doing something I enjoy. And unhappiness is its lack of happiness. The biggest reason people don't get happier is because they don't even know what they're trying to increase. And the reason that they feel stuck in their unhappiness is because they can't define what it is. If you're in this predicament, don't feel bad. Most people struggle with these definitions. They talk about feelings or use bland metaphors like sunshine in my soul with the Presbyterian hymn called happiness. Even ancient philosophers agree, struggled to agree with the definition of happiness. I'm, I'm going to butcher these guys' names just in advance, just so just a heads up. Um, for example, consider the battle between Epicurus and Epictetus. Led a school of thought after himself Epicureanism, that argue that happiness that a happy life requires two things an, an extra, which is freedom from the mental disturbance, and aponia, the absence of physical pain. His philosophy might be characterized as if it is scary or painful, avoid it. Epicureans saw discomfort in generally negative, and thus the elimination of threats and problems as a key to a happier life. Not that they were lazy or unmotivated, they just didn't see enduring fear and pain as inherently necessary to be beneficial, and they focused instead on enjoying life. Epicurus lived about 300 years after Epicurus when one of the most prominent Stoic philosophers, he believed that happiness comes from finding life's purpose, accepting one's fate, and behaving morally regardless of the personal cost. He didn't think of much. He didn't think much of Epicurus's feel-good beliefs. His philosophy could have been summarized as: grow a spine and do your duty. People who follow, followed a Stoic style saw happiness as something earned through a good deal of sacrifice. Not surprisingly, Stoics were generally hard-working who lived for the future and were willing to incur substantial personal cost to meet their life's purpose, as they saw it, without much complaining, They saw the key to happiness to accepting pain and fear and not actively avoiding them. Today, people still break down along with Epicureans and Stoic lines. They look for happiness in either the feel-good or the doing-their-duty. And the net definitions only multiply from there, especially as we travel around the world. Take, for example, the difference in scholars we find between the Western and the Eastern cultures. In the West, happiness is usually defined in terms of extreme achievement. Meanwhile, in Asia, happiness is most often defined in terms of calm and contentment. Definitions of happiness even depend on the word for it. In the grammatic languages, happiness is rooted in words related to fortune or positive fate. In fact, happiness comes from an Old Norse hop, which means luck. Meanwhile, the Latin-based languages in the terms of fecatius, which is referred to the ancient Rome, not just to, to good luck, but to also growth, fertility, and prosperity. Other languages have special words just for the subject. Dance describes happiness in terms of haggai, which is something like coziness and comfortability. If happiness were really this subjective, or even worse, a matter of feelings at any given moment, there would be no way to study it. It would be like trying to nail jello into a wall. This book would be like two words long good luck, or maybe even hop. Fortunately, we can do a lot better than that today. It's true that different cultures define happiness somewhat differently, which is why happiness comparisons among countries you always see in the news are not very useful or convincing. It is also true that feelings are associated with happiness. Your emotions affect how happy you are and how happy you and how happy you are affects your emotions. But this doesn't mean that there are no constants across all people or that happiness is a feeling. A good way to define happiness in terms of its components is in terms of its component parts. If you had to define your Thanksgiving dinner, you might do so by listing the dishes, turkey, stuffing, sweet potatoes, and so on. Or you might list the ingredients if you're a grand cook. Or if you're some kind of nutrition buff, you might just say the dinner is all food. Actually, it's made of three micronutrients, carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. To make a good healthy dinner, you need all three in a proper balance. The dinner would also have a delicious smell that fills the house. Yet, you would not say that the smell is the dinner. Rather, the smell is evidence of the dinner. And similarly, happy feelings are not happiness. They are evidence of happiness. The dinner would also have a delicious smell that fills the house. Yet you wouldn't say the smell is the dinner. Rather, the smell is evidence of the dinner. Similarly, happy feelings are happiness, and they are evidence of happiness. The happiness itself is the real phenomena. And yet, like the dinner, it can be defined as combination of three macronutrients, which we need in balance and abundance in your life. The macronutrients of happiness are enjoyment, satisfaction, and purpose. The first is enjoyment. This might sound like pleasure, feeling good, However, this isn't correct. Pleasure is animal. Enjoyment is completely human. Pleasure emanates from parts of our brain that, that is dedicated to the rewarding of certain activities like eating and sex. In the earlier times, they would help keep us alive or passing on our genes. Today, the things that bring us pleasure for substances to behaviors are most often maladaptive and misused, leading us to all sorts of problems. Enjoyment takes the urge of pleasure and adds it to two important things, communion and conscientiousness. For example, Thanksgiving dinner can bring pleasure when it tastes good and fills your belly, but it brings enjoyment when you eat a, eat with the loved ones and like a warm memory together, conscious parts of your brain. Pleasure is easier than enjoyment, but it is a mistake to settle for it because it is a fleeting and solitary. All addictions involve pleasure, not enjoyment. To be happier, you should never settle for pleasure, but rather make it into an enjoyment. Of course, that involves a certain cost. Enjoyment requires an investment of time and effort. It means forgoing an easy and effortless thrill. It often means saying no to cravings and temptations. Sometimes getting enjoyment is hard. The second macronutrient of happiness is satisfaction. It is the thrill of accomplishing your goal you're working for. It's that feeling that you have when you get an A in school or a promotion at work, when you finally buy a house or get married. It's how you feel when you do something, maybe even painful, that meets your life's purpose as you see it. Satisfaction is wonderful, but it doesn't come without work and sacrifice. If you don't suffer for something, at least a little, it doesn't satisfy at all. If you study all week for a test and get a good grade, it gives a lot of satisfaction. But if you cheat to get the same grade, in addition to doing the wrong thing, you probably get no satisfaction at all. This is the reason why cutting corners in life is such a bad strategy. It ruins your ability to be satisfied. While satisfaction can bring a huge amount of joy, it also is extremely in- elusive. You think that meeting a goal will give you permanent satisfaction, but, of, but it is, of course, temporary. We know the Rolling Stones 1965 mega hit can't get no satisfaction. It's actually not right. You can get satisfaction, you just can't keep no satisfaction. It's incredibly frustrating, and painful, even that we strive like crazy, and as soon as we get a burst of joy, it is ripped away. That's why Jagger sings, we try and we try and we try to keep it. A behavior that psychologists call the hedonic treadmill, in which we adapt quickly to good things and have to keep running and running to keep feeling satisfaction. This is especially true in a world of things like money, power, pleasure, and prestige. The third macronutrient is the most important, purpose we can make do with enjoyment for we can make do without enjoyment for a while and even without a lot of satisfaction without purpose however we are utterly lost because we can't deal with life's inevitable puzzles and dilemmas dilemmas when we do have a sense of meaning and purpose we can face it in life with hope and inner peace and yet people who have a strong sense of meeting often find their suffering. That's an argument of psychiatrist Holocross Victor Frankel, whom we will meet in the next chapter in the classic metaphor man, searches, man Searching for Meeting. He writes in a way in which man accepts his fate and all suffering in it entails. In the way which he takes up his cross and gives up the ample opportunity, even under the most difficult cir- circumstances to add a deeper meaning to his life. The common strategy of trying to eliminate suffering from life to get happier is futile and mistaken. We must instead look for the why of life and to make the pain an opportunity for growth. And uh, that's the section just in this book. It's only about 10 pages in, and then the next chapter or section talks about the role of unhappiness, um, something I believe in. I just think you need both the yin and the yang to appreciate the good times more you got to have the bad and you got to have the the good to know you have to have the bad to know there's a good and you have to have the bad to know how good the good is um that's just me um but yeah this book is super killer a lot of good insights in it um lots of sticky notes and another solid book to read um so if you're trying to do some 2024 goals of reading i encourage you to read this one It's my first arthur books Arthur Brooks' book that I have read, and probably going to read some more in the future. Um, but, anyways, yeah, thanks for uh, taking a listen to my podcast. If there's something you enjoyed, just pin it, save it so you can come back to it. It's something I've been doing. You don't learn something from listening to it once. You got to review it and come back to it to actually learn it. If not, you're just recalling it and not actually learning it. Um, but, yeah, if you enjoyed it, I encourage you to subscribe, like it, do all that stuff. Share it with someone if you think they could have some insight there's something that could benefit from um if you do or you don't it's okay too just thankfully took the time to listen to this and just supporting me um anyways if you're listening to this in the morning hope you have a great rest of your day if you listen to it at night have a good night and somewhere in between have good day (laughs) all right bye